Yes, people, it's episode 289 of Griff's Brain Dove. is me, Griff. Obviously, how you doing? It's Sunday, the 14th of August. It's quarter to 9pm. Uh, I'm at home, chilling in the kitchen, um, doing daddy daycare. Uh, which, is, is, what, what is it called? Is daddy daycare allowed if you're actually an active father in your child's life, married to your child's mum and you live together? <laughs> She's just a primary caregiver, that's all. That's all it is. So she's had the weekend off. I'm, I've been a primary caregiver. Now, does that mean that I've had to go into the freezer to find food that, you know, that my wife has cooked before to give the child? Maybe. Maybe. Not lunch, though. I know I can make lunch. I've, I've provided lunch for my, uh, for my daughter. I mean, high five for me, such a modern man. You see, you've got to understand the standards we're comparing against, all right? I'm doing well. Get off my back. But um, I'm messing around. But it's been good. It's been cool this weekend. Um, went to a barbecue yesterday. Went to my auntie's barbecue in northwest London. And then today, just been chilling at home. Watching football, watching Tottenham get a one-point victory at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, that's what you heard right, a one-point victory. Because um, we we were pretty awful in big chunks of that game. And that's a team that we always lose against. And that's a ground that we never win at. Um, and again, we didn't win, but um, it could have gone so much worse. So and the star we did it, you know, scoring so late, it felt like we stole some points away from them. And we got got heated. Seriously, Tottenham plus Chelsea plus Stamford Bridge equals Carnage, Mayhem, Bedlam. Always goes off. So that's what I've been today, watching that. Friday, um, I was at uh, shout out to Black Ink Cinema. Um, shout out to Rachel and Adam. And the team at Black Ink Cinema, um, they had a premiere of Nope, Jordan Peele's latest film, his third film, Nope. You know, he's the guy who made uh, Get Out and Us. So this is his third installment, a sci-fi horror. Um, and then we did a live podcast after, so I'm not sure when that's coming out. But I gave my opinions on the film. Uh, my opinion was I didn't have a clue what I was watching. I didn't know what storyline I was following. Um, but it's a Jordan Peele film, so because of that, he's built up enough cachet with me, enough credit, that I'm like, do you know what? I didn't get it. Not that the film's shit, I have to come to the conclusion that I didn't get it. And there'll be, uh, there'll be reviews and there'll be some esoteric, allegorical meanings that I just missed out, that when I've sit down again, I'll, I'll understand. And it, it basically, that happened on the train home. So if you haven't seen the film, it's really worth a watch. Always is with Jordan Peele film. Um, but yeah, I initially gave it 5 out of 10 when I first watched it. But I gave the caveat that I, I missed stuff. I know I missed stuff. Uh, then reading reviews. And then and they, each one of those like, oh, oh, yeah, of course. And then I started linking things together. I'm like, yeah, this film's this film's a 7.5 and, and 8. It's a good film. It's a good film. Um, I think it's true, though, what Simon London said. He said that it's lucky this wasn't his first film, though. If this is his first film, or, or his second film. He said if this was his second film, we would have said uh, Get Out was a fluke. 
But as I say, he's built enough in where we have to go, okay, right, we understand this, we understand this. But yeah, so it's good. Um, what else have I done this week? Have I gigged this week? Have I gigged this week? Uh, because I recorded the pod on Saturday, so I gigged Sunday. Um, and that's it. I haven't gigged. Just be coming home. You know, wife's had to enjoy that. Me being in the house. You see, what happens is the whole comedy industry um, pisses off to Edinburgh. And the people left behind who don't even like Edinburgh don't put on any gigs for you to do while everyone's in Edinburgh. Or people do have gigs running, just assume you're in Edinburgh so you don't get booked for anything. Um, but yeah, so we'll see you next year <laughs> when I'm in Edinburgh. Well, we'll see. That's the plan. The plan is going to Edinburgh. take a shot up there. We'll see. I want to get the feedback up from the acts that went up this year to know if it's worth going, how they feel about it. Because it's, it's messing with people's heads, man. It's an expensive way to get depressed. And I still want to do it. Because <laughs> it's the arrogance in me, the confidence in me that says, there's some people go up there and they come up there, they a great Edinburgh. And some people come up there, they a terrible time. And me, I'm like, I'll have a great one. I know I will. I've put everything in place that I'm meant to before I go up. A lot of people go up there to find an agent. No, 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 my friends. Go up there with an agent, okay? Have an agent, have a team who've done it before. You can guide you and say, this is what you need to be doing in the lead up to it. Here's the press. Get that momentum going. They know what they're doing. I'm seeing a few people from my team, my uh, my agency, Avalon. So One person, um, Anya... He's at Avalon. Sold out her show. Now, granted, she's got an amazing following online, and I'm sure that definitely contributes to it. But an online following isn't a lo- isn't located in Edinburgh. You know what I mean? You could have a million followers, but if they're all in Indonesia, then that's not going to help you sell tickets at Edinburgh. It really isn't. So, you know, you've got to generate the buzz there. And she did, man. She, but she went there with the best new show at Leicester Festival. So it, it's doing that kind of thing. It's the build-up. So it's literally the start. The work towards Edinburgh next year will start when this Edinburgh ends. So I have to sit there with my team and be like, right, what are we doing? What's the strategy? What's the plan? Um, yeah. That's it. My hardest thing about Edinburgh is working out my day job, how I'm going to manage that. My proposal, wherever I'm working at the time, will be, look, let me just work from home, in air quotes, and uh, that's it. Because the, the other option is you're going to lose me for a month because I'm just going to save up my annual leave. What you want to do? Or what you're trying to do? That's the thing. If you make me take annual leave, I'm not picking up my phone. Do you want me to go silent for four weeks? I don't think you do. So let's, let's negotiate. Thinking, what should I do? Should I try to work from home? Or should I just go for the half day, maybe? That's a compromise, right? Rather than just four weeks off, which is 20 days holiday. Remember, just 10 days holiday. 10 half days. I'm taking the afternoon off for the whole month. Morning, I'll be on everything. Working my balls off. Love that. Leave me alone. I think that's a good compromise. I think that's the best strategy there. Mm. 
Anyway, what's been happening this week, people? I haven't followed anything in the news. I think I said did that last week as well. Um, it's just been weird. It's just been the same shit, right? Oh, say talking about Edinburgh. I got to find my way to Edinburgh. All right, because I booked a ticket well in advance uh, from Gatwick Airport, 7:30 flight in the morning on a Sunday, because um, I thought that was a good idea. I thought trains ran at that time. Um, I'm not sure if the trains just don't run ever or because of the tube strikes that are going to be on the day before that it's just woof, wiped it out. Because there's night tubes, night tubes run, right? And I can't even check this week because guess what? There's tube strikes this week. There's no tube, um, there's a new national rail and tube timetables coming out on Tuesday. So I won't know if there are any trains running on a Sunday morning. My options are um, to either get a cab from my house um, in Hertfordshire. Some of you know exactly where I live in Hertfordshire. It's not London, Hertfordshire, right? It's not Barnet. Uh, from there to all the way to Gatwick, which is the other side of London and then out of it. Or I can get um, a cab to London Bridge. All of these modes of transport are costing me near the 80 uh, 90 quid um, or I can try to change my flight again that in itself will cost about 90 quid um, at least no actually I already checked it was 80 quid for the new flight and then it's a 40 pound admin fee to change the flight um, so that's around 100 quid or I can get a train instead just knock that all in the head and just get a train up to Edinburgh, uh, which guess what people costs around a hundred quid, but I uh, missed two of the shows that I've booked for Sunday afternoon, so I'd have to rebook those. But I don't know which one I'm going to do until Tuesday. But either way, I'm going to have a hundred quid extracted from me. When, if the original plan worked and everything was running, it would have cost me fifteen pounds to get the train down to Gatwick. So yeah, I've been absolutely fucked, mate. So we'll see. But hey, I still back the people striking. Yes, I'm still mad at people, innit? Because it inconveniences me. I can't say, oh wait, no, stop it. I still back you. I don't know what you're striking about, but I'm pretty sure you've got good reason. So um, well done you. Now, let's see, what has happened this week? Let's have a look on um, online. So have I, I haven't even been involved in any like nonsense on Facebook or anything to inspire any questions. Um, it's really just been keeping myself to myself. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's got Man United just falling apart. Let's see. Um, Nah, there's nothing. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing going on. Just, <laughs> just, oh, just Graham Sooners trending. Karen Cardi. I'll read that after. I don't have any thoughts on it yet. But I just, when I was watching, when I was watching it, this guy just kept referring to the men's game. It's a man's game. Men's football. Men. And um, it was funny. Because it's just next to Karen Carney, who's, uh, I think she's England's most capped player. It's that Farrell Williams. That might be Farrah Williams. But she's capped. Okay. 
Um, and she's won things, as, as is everyone on the panel. But it's kept to say men's game. Well, that's proper men. That's how they're playing not like proper men. Is that uh, a bit awkward? Now I understood what he meant in the sense of, but it's one of those ones that when you like critically analyse what the sentence means, it, it then creates it creates uh, it creates problems, right? Because you know, what's what's the issue saying? You know, he's gone back to a man's game. Because basically what the context was, they're talking about how because of the, the directive that the referees have been given, that they don't have to, um, that they've been told to let the game flow. So when there's fouls and people, there's light fouls, just just play on, just play on. We're not we're not doing this for people just falling over and diving. So he's like saying it's a man's game now. It's gone back to being a man's game. I love it. Now, what he's meaning is that, you know, Back in the day, back in since the eighties uh, and before that, even maybe the nineties, diving kind of came to to England to Premier League in about the late nineties. Before that, what you don't really see people diving. It was a continental thing. Bloody Spanish Italians did diving. That's that was the rhetoric, right? Didn't have it here. Um, big tackles. He, there's a famous clip, I think it's Wimbledon versus. Who oh, are Wimbledon playing? It's like Wimbledon Liverpool, FA Cup final. Vinnie Jones does this tackle in the first minute that I'm telling you now would have got like a nine game ban nowadays. This guy didn't even get booked. <laughs> and the player who got tackled did not stay down. They had every right to, but that was the thing. Is you smash into me in the tackle, I'm getting up as soon as possible to show you it didn't hurt. Whereas now, it's like, you touch me as lightly as possible, I'm going down, hopefully you get sent off. That's how it is now. And um, so Graham Sooners was saying, that it's gone up to a man's game. And I understand what he means, you know? Be men, proper men. Now, well, what does it mean when, you, when you're not being a proper man? And it's the thing of, right, is, it, is this a question of masculinity? Is it a question of uh, being gentleman? It could be any of those things, right? But then the flip side is, the insidious thing can mean is you're not being a proper man. Does it mean that you're being a woman? Does it mean that you're, you know, is it a kind of a, almost a homophobic thing? You know, we, we link being gay as not being a real man, you know? Give one of those things. I don't think that Graham Soonest means all of that stuff. I think he literally just means he just wants men to be men. And it's one of those weird sentences that we know what each other means when we say it, right? You know, if uh, someone's not stepping up to be a father and they've got kids, they're not being a proper man. Be a proper man. If a man's not taking care of his missus, not doing right by his missus, he needs to be a proper man. So we know what it means in certain contexts. So this one, it doesn't have to mean anything terrible, but it just, it was a mad optic though, because he's just right next to Karen Carney and she's like, okay. <laughs> just kind of making faces and shifty eyes. But hey, it is what it is. I'm pretty sure he's, he's getting us telling off from the producers and he's like, oh, what are you talking about? Awesome. 
we'll see. Anyway, let's um, um, not to talk about boxing because that's not my thing. Go listen to the Undefeated podcast if you want to hear boxing. Shout out those guys, but I'm looking forward to listening to their pod to talk about um, Eubank Jr. and Connor Ben. That's going to be flipping immense. And they've got AJ and Usyk next week as well. It's, it's all happening. Anyway, in a row, let's um, let's get on some Dear Deirdre because I ain't got shit to talk about. Maybe when I read Dear Deirdre, it will jog my mind to talk about other stuff. Actually, one thing I saw an advert today that had Corinne Fox in with her father Jamie Fox. I didn't. I knew Jamie Fox had a daughter. I didn't know what she looked like. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, um. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you don't know what she looks like, Corinne is spelled C-O-R-I-N-N-E, Corinne. Anyway, dear Deirdre, my boyfriend chatted to women online despite us having a healthy sex life. Would a man ever be faithful to me? Right, how do you mean chatted to women online? Let's see. My boyfriend and I had a healthy sex life. Or so I thought. Then he started demanding exhausting levels of passion. Okay. It was such a marked change and went from sex three to four times a week to at least twice a day. Jesus. So I went through his internet history and found he had been going on live video sex channels with other women when I wasn't around. Um, Listen, lady, right now, if he's been watching this stuff and the sex has increased, shut your mouth. Because in most cases, the sex will decrease Like, he doesn't want sex at all because he has been giving himself a little love tug. Yeah? He's now very sore. Knackered and drained. Last thing he wants to do is just touch anyone. But not this man. Not your man, no. He watches this stuff. He probably doesn't even have a little love tug. He probably just gets himself all G'd up and be like, yeah, there's only one woman I want to do this with and he gives it to you twice a day but you've turned it around to be a terrible thing how how if your man is having sex with you more than ever before trust me that really means he is not cheating he can't be cheating surely not let's see um when he was around he'd been chatting to one particular woman in America and it got sexual and the messages were graphic oh okay it's direct messages but wait is it live video chat so she's just he pays that's the main issue you should have that he has to pay for this shit um, when I confronted him he retreated to the spare room while I sat crying in the kitchen Jesus this all seems a lot um, he eventually emerged and apologised saying that he was disgusted with himself and he's, he's Jesus He was disgusted with himself and he said he thought it was okay as she lived in the US. There was no chance they would meet. Okay. They had been going on for a couple of months and I'm struggling to get my head around it. I feel as though he has cheated on me. I can't help but think he must find me boring and unattractive even though he's been pamming your cheeks more than ever. Okay, well. We have been together for two years. I'm 25 and he's 28. I want to forgive and forget, but I don't know how to handle this. I love him, and yet this hurts so much. He has so many good qualities, and he's trying to prove I can trust him. But sometimes I think I'd be better off ending the relationship. Do you know what? Maybe you would be. 
because you're always winning the game you're playing and you're playing the game of I'm the victim and I'm always cheated on and I'm such a great person that that no man knows how to treat right so this guy yeah yeah he's been chatting to another woman all the way in America like I said he gave you his boner he even straight to in America so he knew I'm not trying to step out just trying to be titillated but guess what there's only one lady's titties I want to late. What? So. He's giving it to you. Now I'm not saying he's done nothing wrong. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying there's positives to be drawn. Don't be such a negative Nelly. Um, I, don't want, I don't want to be with someone who needs to supplement their sex life with women online. I hear that. I don't feel good enough at the best of times. And I'm insecure after being cheated on in the past. Now I'm wondering if any man could generally be favoured to me. Perhaps I'm simply too boring. Can we make it work or am I being taken for a fool? Listen, just you just need to boost your self-esteem. I swear to God. If anything, it should be something to laugh at. You know what I mean? But hey, it depends how you're wired. I know some women don't find porn uh, intimidating. I know some women who like porn. I know some women who think it's that utterly repulsive. So, I don't know. You guys need to get on the same page, though. That's all. If she don't like porn, then my man has to stop, I suppose. Or find someone new. Anyway. Um, Jesus. Not happy. I'm tired of always being snubbed on dating apps. Women block me straight away. Jesus. What is in your pictures, my friend? Dear Deirdre, it doesn't matter which dating app I go on, I have yet to meet a genuine woman who wants a relationship with me. The people I meet on these sites are either scammers, sex workers or women who block me straight away without any attempt to get to know me. Jesus. Um, I am a 44 year old guy working in the hospitality industry. So, what, you're, you're a waiter? Hotel porter? Been too vague. Trust me, anyone's got a a job that they they like, they they say what the job is. If they don't like it, they they go. I work in this industry. You know what I mean? They keep it real vague. Let's see what you do anyway. I'm not the best looking bloke, but I'm not the, I'm not ugly either. Fair enough. It seems looks matter a lot, even when people say they don't. But what the type of women you're trying to go for? Are you going for the shiny Instagram looking woman? Because if you are, mate, stop it. Yeah, you just need to go for women with glasses, a bit heavy set. That's your lane, mate. I mean, it seems looks matter a lot, even when people say they don't. I also cook, keep my flat clean, I'm fit and healthy. And plus, I'm always polite. You sound like a good bloke. And my first message to someone I like are always appropriate, but 99% of the time, they get ignored. It's so depressing, I'm thinking of coming off these sites altogether. But then, how else can I find a woman to have a relationship with? Go outside your house. What's he have to do? Go outside your house. He seems like he's one of these guys who uses the apps because he doesn't know how to talk to women outside then you've got these crazy guys who know how to talk to women outside 
and still use the apps because they just want to be able to talk to women all the time. Um, he, he doesn't seem like that guy. He seems like he's a nice guy. He's just missing out. I think you just need to get out there, man. Go out. Go out, do things you like to do. And hopefully there's women who like doing the things you like to do too. And then you talk to those women if they're ever there. You know, you say you like to keep fit. That means you go to the gym, right? Talk to a woman at the gym. Not while she's working out and not while she's doing any kind of, you know, deadlifts to increase her bum or squats to increase her bum or leg press to increase her bum. You know what I mean? If she's doing any of those things, then don't talk to her. You can only talk to a woman in the gym when she's working a non-sexual part of her body. Um, and as a man, every part of her body is sexual. Um, maybe except her forearms. Maybe biceps as well. Triceps, no. You can't do triceps because you have to... Like, a lot of tricep exercises, you have to pull your, your elbows together which means you're pushing your breasts together and that leaves you susceptible to try and talk to a woman that's her uh, breasts are being pushed together which makes you look like a creep so no triceps just if she's doing biceps you can talk to her or forearms and but every other part of her body is sexual mate so no don't talk to her or um, or she's doing anything like boxing, you can talk to her boxing. But cycling, no. You can't talk to a woman as she's cycling. Especially if she doesn't sit on the seats and her bum's in the air. That, you can't do that, mate. You look like a creep. Um, don't talk to them near the changing rooms. That's too creepy. Um, don't talk to them near water either, because that'll make you look thirsty in the gym. Um... You can talk to them on, in the car park on the way into the gym. That's okay. But that might make your workout awkward if the conversation doesn't go well. You definitely can't talk to her in the car park leaving the gym. That's way too stalkerish. So there's only a very fine window. It's vending machine you can. If there's a vending machine, you can definitely speak to her then. Um, and that's it, really. Um, vending machine biceps and forearms that's the only time you can speak to a woman in the gym um, yeah that's it so that's what you need to do my friend but again don't go for the fittest looking woman in the gym maybe you can shoot your shot my friend if you're polite you might go for it yeah actually talk to any woman you can in the gym but only in those situations I gave you I think that's sound advice um <laughs> Uh, right. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, all right. No time. I fear I'm letting my daughter down by not helping out with her boys. Uh, dear Deirdre, even though it is exhausting at times, I const- I've constantly offered to help my daughter with her children. My 26 year old daughter is a single mom to two boisterous boys aged five and three. Um, she has been studying for a nursing degree but finds the childcare study juggle really difficult. She failed an exam recently and complained she wasn't getting enough support from her family. I am a 58 year old woman 
for, yeah, so I am her 58 year old mum and worried she feels I'm letting her down but there aren't enough hours in the day as I also care for my elderly father which is a full-time job in itself I'm sure she feels second best and I hate that but I can't stop time yeah it sounds mad seems like you're being pulled in every direction you know I just feel bad for you um but yeah you know as a single mum where are the dads that's not even a judgy way but I have to assume they're not in lives at all, right? Because surely that's where the kids go when you want to go to nursing class. Go say your dad. That's got to be the deal. It has to be the deal. But if they're not about, um, shit then. Don't yeah, five and three. If you're actually looking after your elderly dad, it's not the thing they could just sit there in the corner and be quiet. Ah, this doesn't be carnage for the, for you. So, do you feel bad, man? Feel bad for this woman in this situation. Like I said, pulled both directions. But you've got to continue looking after your dad. I don't think your daughter is... Um, wait, Leslie, where's your husband? Maybe. Maybe your husband could help with the childcare. See, you know, there's just a lack of men in this situation. <laughs> real men. They made real tackles. Um, right, last one. Booze battle. My wife gets violent after she's had a few drinks. I don't know what to do. After she's had a few glasses of wine, my wife can be really argumentative and physically violent. She hates you. That's why. She flipping hates you. For what reason? I don't know. I'm going to find out, though. I'm not saying you're doing anything that deserves the hate, but she hates you. Uh, I'm 48, she's 46, so you've been together for a while, but we've, we are both divorced and got together eight years ago. Ah, okay. Um, at first, our relationship was fantastic, but arguments have started to come between us. All oh, right, it's come lately. Oh, dear. She can be really volatile and spiteful when she's had a few drinks. Yeah, she don't like you. The, ne- the next morning, she'll go back to telling me how much she loves me. She punched me during that one nasty argument. Jesus. I love her, but I've put a wall up and now we have sex once a fortnight at most. Um, I'm getting to the stage where I don't care if we split up. I don't know what to do. Maybe split up. If she's punched you in the face and you didn't like it, which is a a normal reaction, being punched in the face, then, um, yeah, split up, my friend. Split up. Um, but talking about drunkenness, I was discussing this with a mate. Men, if you've got a, a lady friend that you live with, whether it's a wife, girlfriend, whatever, partner, okay. But have you noticed a difference when you come in from a night out? Like when a man comes in from a night out and he knows his woman's sleeping, or he at least suspects her to be sleeping, so he acts like she's sleeping. What he does, he will come into the house um, very quietly, as if to not wake anyone up. Then he will do whatever he needs to do downstairs. Again, try not to make multiple trips. Or, yeah, so when I say downstairs, if you live in the flat, then, you know, the kitchen, delivery. He's just trying to do this little stuff around there that he needs to do. Then he'll probably try and maybe get as undressed as possible ready for bed 
outside of the bedroom. Whether this is sober or drunk. Sober, he's got a pile of clothes that he's just taken to the bedroom. Drunk, they're going to be strewn across the house from front door to bedroom. Or maybe front door to bathroom. And he will then, you know, brush his teeth quietly and then just try to sneak into the bed and go to sleep. That's a man coming in from a night out when his partner's asleep. A woman coming in from a night out when her partner's asleep. Front door opens. She's still talking on the phone. Yeah, no, no, I've got in, now no, I'm in. Yeah, no, oh, such a good night. She's talking on the phone. She's having a full conversation with, with the person she was just out with. And she can't possibly walk through any part of the house without a light on. So every single light comes on, on the way to your bedroom. She's having a conversation. She's playing voice notes. Then she clearly skips everything. Doesn't do anything downstairs. She comes straight into the bedroom because this is where she needs to get ready. She's literally in the bedroom with her coat on, shoes on, coat on, light on. Sits on the edge of the plonks on the edge of the bed. Oh, my feet are killing. Kicks off them shoes. Because, you know, women can never be the height they're born with. They need to always add three or four inches. And then um, she's there talking to you. Hey, you awake. You never guess what happened tonight. I don't care. It is 1 a.m. Go to sleep. She wants to tell you what's happened tonight. These people you don't even know. And then, uh, yeah, she's getting into bed in the most ridiculous way. She might even get into bed and be like, oh, I forgot this. She'll say it out loud. She can't just say it in her head. Then she'll bolt up, switch the light back on, and do some more stuff. Then go into bed, switch the light, then goes to sleep. That's the difference. Now, um, imagine all of that annoyingness when they're drunk. Imagine if they punch you as well. Nah, relationship KO'd is done, it's over. Anyway, whew, I am burning. It's 29 degrees in my house. Ridiculous. It's bloody 20 past nine. Anyway, um, I think that's in the pod. It's, a, it's not a great episode. Uh, what? Yeah. So it's a big yawn at the end. Body saying that's end the pod as well. So I don't start yawning. In your ears. Right, people, that is the end of the pod. I mean, talking for 34 minutes. Um, enough to promote about West End Comedy Club in the week. Then I'm off to Edinburgh, if I can get there. Um, listen, people. Peace. That's it.